Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, which features the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. The world's happiest country is Denmark, according to the latest World Happiness Report. Singapore is placed above Britain and below Mexico at number 22 in the report, which is the work of the Sustainable Development Solutions Network, a global United Nations initiative. The study ranks 157 countries according to factors which includes equality, GDP per capita, social support and life expectancy. Evolutionary psychologists Norman Lee of Singapore Management University and Satoshi Kanazawa of the London School of Economics, however, believe that the lifestyles of our ancient ancestors might have something to do with what makes us happy now. In this podcast, SMU's Associate Professor Norman Lee from the School of Social Sciences, who led the research, discusses why some individuals are happier than others from an evolutionary point of view and what makes a life well-lived. He began by explaining the Savannah theory of happiness, which states that the same influences that made early humans satisfied are technically still the same in our current era. The idea is that our minds process information uh, from our surroundings in order to produce output in the form of behavior and also thoughts and feelings that help us to survive and reproduce. Now, these um, psychological mechanisms evolved over the last two million years or so in certain conditions that uh, have only recently, very recently changed. For example, people used to live in small villages of no more than 150 to 200 uh, individuals and they had uh, close contact with friends on a daily basis. Now, in the ancestral past, being isolated from friends or, um, well, being isolated from friends was very dangerous because of the hostile forces of nature, uh, enemy tribes, and the difficulty of finding uh, edible food by oneself. Now, living in uh, extremely crowded conditions uh, back then would have meant extremely severe competition for very limited natural resources. So in the modern world, which comprises a very tiny part of human evolutionary history, even though people can live in crowded cities and can survive for a long period of time without friends, people may still experience discomfort under such conditions because uh, their minds are still computing the ancestral ramifications of their surroundings. Well, using this theory, uh, it basically predicts that things that are evolutionarily novel, that exist nowadays in the modern world that did not exist back then, people will tend to have some difficulty with accepting it. So they may have difficulty or discomfort when facing new, new things that, that did not exist back then. I understand that there are two main findings from your research which involved a large survey of 15,000 respondents of adults aged 18 to 28. Yeah, uh, we found that people report greater life satisfaction the more they associated with their friends and the less densely populated the area was where they lived in. So you're saying that the research shows, number one, the more social interactions with friends a person has, the greater their self-reported happiness, and number two, the higher the population density of the immediate environment, the less happy people said they were. But you also had a particularly intriguing finding when you factored in intelligence. Tell us more. Well, first of all, um, people who were uh, less intelligent were twice as affected uh, twice as likely to be affected by, by that correlation uh, between population density and life satisfaction. So uh, people who are more intelligent were 
uh, less impacted by, by population density. However, uh, for friendship, there was a reversal such that for intelligent people, for highly intelligent people, uh, the more they associated with friends, the less satisfaction with life they reported. Um, my co-author, uh, Satoshi, has hypothesized that general intelligence uh, evolved to allow people to handle non-recurrent, evolutionarily novel situations. Now, uh, we have uh, psychological mechanisms to deal with recurrent challenges, such as uh, finding edible food, providing basic care for children, um, preferring certain kinds of mates over others. But occasionally, uh, a new situation might pop up uh, such that these other mechanisms aren't very uh, particularly good at solving. And so that's where general intelligence comes in. Now, in the modern world, we have a lot of evolutionary novelty, including uh, that we don't really need to interact as much with friends in order to get by, and we can certainly live in places with population densities that are hundreds of times uh, greater than in small villages. So uh, the more generally intelligent people are better able to handle these kinds of evolutionary, uh, evolutionarily novel situations. This piece of research has been featured in many international media reports, and most of these reports have basically simplified things to say that more intelligent people would be happier with fewer friends. Do you personally agree with that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm not so sure. It's a, it's a little bit uh, unexpected that we, we, we didn't expect to find uh, a complete reversal such such as that, but uh, it, it's possible. Some people uh, have mentioned um, intelligent people may have a, a lot of other things going on that, that they're working on, and uh, associating with friends actually gets in the way of those other things. So it, it's possible. Is there anything else that you might have discovered in the course of this research that has not been documented? Uh, we pretty much documented everything that we found uh, in this particular uh, paper. But there are a lot of other variables that also can be examined. In fact, we did actually publish a paper uh, just a bit earlier last year showing that being an ethnic minority tended to be associated with less uh, life satisfaction. And the same groups, when they comprised a majority in the same country, in, in different regions of the same country, they had higher satisfaction. Now we've been talking about your research, which considers three factors in life satisfaction, population density, friendship, and intelligence. Could you share with us why you decided on these factors? Uh, we decided on these factors because um, population density is, is, is a very uh, modern concept, uh, relatively speaking, because most population densities in the ancestral world uh, were like 150 to 200 people at the most in, in, a, in a small village. Uh, it almost, populations tended never to exceed uh, that, that number. But in, in the modern day, it's, it's grown to proportions uh, hundreds, uh, up to a thousand times larger. So that's, that's very evolutionarily novel uh, in terms of human history, uh, relatively speaking. And so is um, not, you know, having much contact with friends, right? These days, people can stay isolated inside, inside their house or wherever and get by. Um, dealing with the internet and, and, and getting their food and, and things uh, without actually having to see their friends for a long time. So we chose to look at these two uh, factors and, and also the intelligence because, um, as I may have mentioned earlier, um, my co-author Satoshi Kanazawa had previously hypothesized that uh, general intelligence 
evolved in order to handle evolutionarily novel uh, stimuli or situations. So in, in this case, we also predicted that uh, more intelligent people would be able to handle uh, evolutionarily novel situations such as high population density and, and less interactions with friends so that perhaps it would not uh, impact their life satisfaction as much. If you could refine this piece of research, what other indicators for measuring well-being would you look at? There are different ways to measure uh, well-being, and we only used what was available in that particularly large uh, survey. But um, as someone mentioned in the Washington Post article, it would be good to measure uh, people's experience of happiness as, as they encounter that uh, on a daily basis throughout the day. Uh, it would also be interesting to experimentally manipulate friendship associations and also uh, people's perceptions of population density. And that would allow us to have more confidence in the causal relationships that we're hypothesizing here. What other research are you currently working on? Um, I'm working on um, looking at how evolutionary mismatch might be uh, responsible for some of the declines in fertility, for instance, in Singapore and other uh, modern countries. Um, why people, the, the more money they have, it, it seems like the, the less interested they are in, in reproducing, whereas that relationship used to be positive in, in, in the past, or at least resources. The more resourceful people have more capacity to have children, and in the modern day they actually have less. Thank you very much, Professor. Thank you.